What is up, everybody? It's early Saturday morning. We are back with the Future Cast with another rookie mock draft, helping you get ready for your drafts. It is late March, exactly one month away from the NFL draft, and we're here with a 1QB live mock draft. But first, as we let the draft room fill up, draft will start in about five, six minutes. We had a pro day yesterday with a running back that's a lot of people had in their top 10, a few people had in their top 5 entering the combine. And yesterday he improved his 40-yard dash to a 454. Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. Did that 454, Andy? Did you did you like Kyron coming into the combine? Did did the 465 hurt you a little bit? Where where do you stand right now on, on Kyron Williams after this 454 yesterday at Notre Dame? Yeah, so for me, I think Kyron Heading into the combine was someone that I was pretty high on. I, I love the prospect, the idea that you were going to have. I knew he kept drawing Austin Eckler comps, and it was kind of silly because I was like, oh, he's not Austin Eckler. He's he's just not as agile as Austin Eckler is on, on film. So I was like, okay, well, <clears throat> he runs the 40, kind of slow, and you're like, okay, fuck, this guy's going to be just another shitty slow small pass catching back that was the other thing too right he weighs in super small and now the pro day is just a little bit faster than his combine time so marginally i think for me it it brings me back from being totally out on kyron to being like lukewarm on him um you know we're about to hop into a rookie mock here in a couple of minutes but for for someone that was off the board post combine for me He's back into a, a discussion in the later rounds of a, of a rookie mock. Yeah, these last few mocks we've been doing since the combine, he's been going in that fourth, fifth range. I've actually ended up with him a couple times. Um, but again, like we have him comparable to James White on Player Profiler. James White ran that four five seven. He was drafted in the fourth round of the NFL draft out of Wisconsin. Kyron Williams, 5'9", 194. He's 10 pounds lighter than James White. White ran that four five seven. like I said. Kyron Williams comes in the 4.65, lowers it to a 4.54. As you guys know, we add 0.05 to, to pro day numbers, so that puts Kyron still at a 4.59. So it's not that massive of a difference, um, but I do think he deserves a little bit of a bump back up the, the rankings because I think that that 4.54 is gonna is gonna justify some requisite draft capital. He's not gonna be a seventh round draft pick anymore. Uh, like you know, if he would have just stuck with that four six five, or maybe doubled down on it, ran another four six five. Um, but we moved him down to around that twenty area at the running back position, and I think there's a good, a good reason you can you can move him back up into the the the, the what maybe early teens. I think I would I think I would put him with Tyler Goodson, Tyler Batty. Is that is that is it, you think that's a good range to put him in right with those guys? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's he's gonna be. He's not as good as a rusher as Tyler Beatty and I take Goodson. I think I'd take Goodson, right? Because Goodson's like Yeah. The upside of Goodson, there's just so much raw upside of Goodson that you're not sure. I mean, also, I know we say upside a lot when we're not sure what's going on, but to me, I think Tyler Goodson, because you're not sure if it was the offense that caused him to not have this much production as everyone else, you're not sure if he's gonna be good or not. I would take him over Kyron. 
I think so too. I, I think there's more upside with a Beatty, more upside with a Goodson. Um, and so that's definitely why I would lean that way. Like Johanna says in the comments, it's four five four, but it's actually four five nine. So I'm still out. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm in on any means. Like I think to put me back in on Kyron, I think I would have needed to see like a four, four, eight, four, four, nine at that pro day. But I, I just didn't. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. If you are listening on YouTube, make sure to click that like button, click that subscribe button. And if you are listening on the podcast, give us a review, give us five stars, unsubscribe, subscribe, do all the damn things that'll help out the crew as we continue to build and, and do podcasts and shows every single day on the podcast, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, on all of the platforms. But today, we're about a minute and 41 seconds away from Jay in the chat. Jay Peters in the chat. He has the 101 in today's one quarterback draft. As you guys know, uh, we are well well ahead on Brees Hall being the 101 in both formats. Um, I don't think we're going to see any determinants uh, from Jay here at the 101. I don't think we're going to see a Kenneth Walker here. I think it's really going to start getting interesting uh, as you get down to that 2-3-4 area to see after Kenneth and Brees are gone what receiver is going to be first off the board because we've seen a lot lately people still play, pressing the button on Burks but we've also seen some people starting to course correct maybe go London maybe go Wilson where are you sitting at the 106 Andy if I said right now what are you projecting you're going to end up with you think you're going to end up with a with a receiver that you're going to be happy with or you're going to end up having to reach on a running back if you would just like because I'm sitting here at the 109 and I'm like it's, it's not a good spot for me I'm not happy to be here to your point I wouldn't want to be any further than where I'm at right now. I think this is the the meat of the draft is this five, six, seven, maybe eight spot that I love because you can pivot depending on what the folks before you take. So if I if there's a run on running back, right? Let's just say uh, the first four or five picks are all running backs, where there's one receiver taken, then I have a great pick of receivers to pick from. If they go all receiver the first five or six picks. Now I have the you know top running back. It just it's a sweet spot right now. And I think when you get to your 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 spot or you get a little further down towards the end of the the rounds, right? So 10, 11, 12, <clears throat> you're kind of going to run out of options. I feel like at least from looking at other mocks that we've done and seeing where folks have taken players off the board. It just I like where I'm at right now. Pick one obviously goes to Brees Hall, Jay Peters. Pick two, Drake London. Like we talked about before, what is going to happen at this number two position? And it's Jay going, or it's not Jay, it's Draft Dynasty going Drake London at the 102. Drake, Drake London, Drake London going number two overall. Let's talk about that for a second. So <clears throat> I, I like the folks that are willing to die on this hill because if you're taking him now, it's one of those things where. I feel like you, it's a really no-lose situation right now, right? You either take him and he's not going to test as well as he could at his pro at his like personal pro day workouts that he's going to have, and he's going to be slightly worse than Traylon Burks in the workout metrics, or he tests phenomenally well, and you're taking him at a value right now, getting him at the 102, when there could be an argument maybe made, right, at some point that he's the 101 over Brees. I don't think that's ever going to be the case, but depending on your team structure, which again, phrase that you know that I hate to say, that's a possibility, right? You could end up needing a wide receiver more than you need a running back. 
And I like that. I, I think that's a good spot to be in because, like, if your team is built and you have the running backs already and you're built to win, you know, maybe maybe you don't have the running backs yet, but you're built to win out, like, maybe two or three years from now. You want to get those receivers first on your roster and kind of build them from now and then come in next year with maybe a Bijan or Tank Bigsby or, or the year after, and then you get your running back. Um, so that's definitely something I'd like. But – would I take London at two? No, I'd probably try to trade out of it for somebody that wants to come up and get a walker and, and maybe something else like that. You know, like that that would be more, more of my tactic. Looks like a 103 comes off the board. Kenneth Walker uh, to franchise five. Mike D takes Kenneth Walker. Obviously, we talked about him being the 102. Feel pretty good about that one. There's not really much else to say. Best comparable to LaDainian Tomlinson, a player profiler. The hardest runner in this draft class. We've talked about him numerous times. Uh, Brees Hall, Drake London, Kenneth Walker. And now at the 104, franchise eight is back up. Yeah, the only time I'm 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 breathing as hard as Kenneth Walker is when I'm is when I'm running for twenty minutes or longer on a treadmill. I sound just like him. I look just like him when I'm doing it too. So Jacob Jacob Sanderson put his pick in before and it was Garrett Wilson, and it looks like he put the same pick in. It's Garrett Wilson again at the 104. Back to what you said, though. Like, literally, at the combine, man, I've never heard somebody breathe harder or, or even in the, like, anything, in any phase of anything. I've never seen someone work harder or breathe harder while just, like, literally sprinting, and he's running down the sideline. It's like, bro. So um, hit the nail right on the head, Kenneth Walker there. Uh, these next two picks, I'll let you take these next two picks off the board. Wide receivers, 104, 105. Um, let, me, let, me kick the, let me click this pause button here. I'm going to click this pause button here because so we got a minute on the clock for you to draft. So we're coming into Andy's first pick. We got Drake London off the board, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, three receivers, and we got Kenneth Walker, and we got Brees Hall, the two running backs off the board. This is known as, like, right now, these are the five guys that are getting the most conversation. We're not hearing a lot about Olave. We're not hearing about, about Williams. Spiller has fallen. You're seeing Wilson, Burks, London, Walker, and Brees Hall. Those are the first five you're going to see, I think, in any order you want. I think in every draft you do, those these are going to be definitely the first five guys at the board. Andy, what are your thoughts here going into pick six? I have the, the draft pause, so you have a second. Yeah, yeah. So I think here I try to imagine – where I would be at to get the 106. And in my mind, if, we're, you know, all things being equal, right, at the 106, you've maybe just missed the playoffs or you were middling team and you got knocked out in the first round if you got a larger playoff. So my team is in that, that dead zone where it's like, oh, crap, am I going to be good next year again? Am I going to be terrible? I don't really know. Uh, so for me... In this spot, I think the the move would probably be to go running back. Um, yeah, I, yeah, probably running back here. I would say this is tough. I try to think through where I would be at in order to have the one hundred six. That's kind of where the the head cannon I came up with. Yep. All right. Well, the pick is in. Andy, you got a minute thirty four. What is the selection at one zero six? Okay, so if you've been on drafts with us before, you know I can't get away from this guy. I'm taking him higher than he probably should go. I'm reaching a little bit, little bit, only because the other guy that people are taking ahead of him at this position gives me vibes 
that I had about a certain receiver from the 49er. And I'm taking Zamir White. And I'll, exp- Ooh. I'll explain. Because here, because for me, Rashad White gives me the same vibes as Brandon Ayuk does, where they performed at community college, they were good, they transferred to a bigger school, performed adequately well there, and then now what happened to Brandon Ayuk? He's no longer a focal point in the offense, right? I think Rashad White may have a similar thing where he may have one and done year, and then you're going to look around and say, okay, well, how, what do I trade for this guy? And you're really not going to... You're really not going to have any, any value left for him because he's going to be older, right? How old is Rashad White right now? Is he older than you? Oh, 23. Okay. 20, no, no, no. 23, boy, like maybe three. At the 107, Matt Dunley with Chris Olave. He, I was between White and Olave for me. That was the, That's where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go uh, with Olave. Uh, and then you said running back, and I was like, uh, maybe you go Rashad, but Zamir makes sense because we have heard about some late second, early third round draft capital uh, on Rashad. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't hate that. I don't, the Zamir thing did catch me off guard a little bit, but it makes sense. And there we are. So we're sitting with Traylon Burks, Zamir White, like you said, Chris Olave, Pickens. Now is where I think I'm at the 109. And I've said this many times before, but like the top eight is where I really want to be in these drafts. So now I'm sitting here at nine. And my favorite receivers are off the board. Olave would have been the pick for me if Olave fell. Now is where I look at probably running back. I did think Pickens was going to be there as well. I think the the answer, I think the answer is pretty obvious here. I think the answer is to go um, stay on brand and go Rashad White. I've said it many times. If you listen to the podcast, I've said it many times. If you listen to anything I've said from 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 the from the Senior Bowl to the Combine. Every phase of the process, Rashad White has done the correct things. I think Rashad White going right here is a good spot. 109, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, 2.0. He compared himself to Le'Veon Bell, Arian Foster. Give me Rashad White at the 109. I'll take my first running back. He can compare himself to whoever he wants. Remember, Traylon Burke said he needed triple XL gloves and that he was most excited about the 40. So these guys are yep. going to tell you whatever the folks want to hear, right? George Pickens said that he was Devontae Adams, but bigger. Eh, okay. That was, that was one that, that was one that kind of caught me off a little bit, a little off guard, but at least, at least with, um, at, at least with Rashad white, I came into the process and I was like, this looks like a Le'Veon Bell. He runs upright. He, he, he's not as big as Le'Veon Bell was coming out of college. I think Bell was like maybe two thirty. Uh, White, I think, is in that 210, 215 range. But the running style, the play style, the patience, all that all that stuff melds right in with Rashad White. And then Jeremy comes up right after me, and he takes Jamison Williams at the 110. Solid pick there from Jeremy. Uh, Williams, obviously, I think if he's healthy by the time the season rolls around, I think that's going to be a great value at the 110 because he should be in that conversation. Had he not torn that ACL uh, when we did this debut show, uh, before uh, the national championship, had he not torn this ACL at the national championship, I think you'd be talking about him with Garrett Wilson at this 104 spot where Jacob was drafting. Um, you think against that, Jahan Dotson also 111. I'll kind of let you talk about these last two guys yourself. W- where do you sit between Jamison Williams and Jahan Dotson right now? Yeah, I think this is where team structure kind of plays into what it is you're looking for, right? If you if you have a a pretty good team, as I'm guessing you have the 110, right? 
you have the 111. Your team is probably pretty good. Um, <clears throat> you don't really need Jamison Williams to perform immediately, right? Right off the bench. You can you can have a little bit of time for him to nurse the knee back to full health, get his strength back, get the route running down. <sighs> Preferably, you know, I, kn- I know people are going to cite Cam Akers coming back from the Achilles terrors. Like, that's the new standard is these guys are going to bounce back before the end of the season starts or the end of the, the, end of the season uh, happens. But I don't think that should be the norm for a lot of these guys. So, for me, you're pl- not planning on having James William in your lineup until next year. So, if you're comfortable with that, I'd be cool with that. Jahan Dotson, yeah, Ahan, if you got sniped on James Williams, you sniped me on Jahan Dotson. I was hoping he would fall to the second round. <laughs> so, <laughs> what goes around comes around, bud. Um, and then at the 112, you know, Isaiah Spiller. Is this is this how far Isaiah Spiller has fallen? Have you seen him fall further than this? I thought he'd, you know, this is probably the furthest. That, I don't know if he'll fall any further than this. Like that 112, 201 spot in one QB, um, that puts you probably at that 201, 202, 203 spot in Superflex. I cannot see people falling much further than that because if you go through all the way that way in a standard league, if, if you know, Towards 12 owners drafting 1-12, through 12, nobody traded any picks. Everybody would have had to go over Spiller at least once. And given even his speed and all the question marks, there's still talent level there. And if he falls past everybody, yikes. Like, somebody's going to throw that dart. I don't I don't know how he gets out of round 1 in a 1QB draft, but he falls to 112. Uh, especially with how important the running back position is in these builds, especially with these... Like, it's a win-now team. So 112 is going to be a team... That probably won the championship. 111 is going to be a team that was close. 110 is going to be a team that was close. That's where he's going to go, I think. And that's that's going to be a value because you need that running back that's going to come in. And I think Spiller will come in and get opportunities. But, again, man, it's it's Singletary-Montgomery-esque uh, type of situation for me. And then followed that right back up. So we went back-to-back uh, receivers, Jameis and Dotson, like you said. And then we go back-to-back running backs with Spiller and Robinson. Jay takes Robinson at the 201. Brian Robinson from Alabama. We talked about it many times here. Think 200, 250 touches. Year one is definitely within his range of outcomes. I love that pick here from Jay. Jay starts up the draft with Brees and Brian Robinson. Tell you what, man, that's a, that's a good set of running backs to have in year number one. What do you think about the? Uh, do you, what do you think about Robinson compared to Spiller? Uh, <clears throat> I'm out on Brian Robinson. I I think he I think he. Really, even 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 opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have a take here. Yeah, I'm 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 okay. out on him. Okay. I just would rather give me a guy who, in the same conference, captured the backfield, and you know, obviously, he's playing with an Olympic sprinter, right? So he's not gonna have all the all the carries and all the receptions in the backfield. But for Brian Robinson to, I know he's playing with guys that are all in the NFL right now, but like. I don't know. Something just still kind of. It, it, I don't know what it is. Something, something just tingles in the back of my head when I'm like, I see it on the board. I'm like, uh, if I see him in Spiller, I'm going Spiller, probably nine times out of ten. Okay, that's fair. I, I from a talent level standpoint, I can see it. And I can understand uh, uh, taking Spiller, um, 
but from a, I think from a, if I was sitting there at the 112 or 111 and I needed a running back instead of a receiver, say Jamison goes at 10, I think if I'm sitting there at 11 where Ahan is at and my team just missed the championship but I'm loaded, say I got like a Godwin, a Kirk, a Higgins, a, Go, a, a Chase, and my running back room is like Kamara and Taylor and Akers, I think I'm going to take a Robinson. Uh, to plug in if that makes sense like if you're following me right there i think i'm taking a robinson to come in and give me 200 to 250 um and, and like what happens if he goes to like new england or dallas or something and he ends up being the guy that's like just a goal line guy or you know he ends up with 13 touchdowns i think that's well within the range of outcomes for brian robinson and if you're a championship team uh, I, I really I really think that i would lean brian robinson given the situation and we've talked about this a couple times here this is going to be a draft that we're going to do in the coming weeks is we're going to have 12 owners in real leagues, 12 owners in, a, in, in the same league that are all going to do a rookie mock together based on what their teams look like. So what I just said was, you know, if you have Godwin, Kirk, Higgins, Chase, and, and you have Kamara, Cook, you have old running backs that are just ready to you know fall off or kind of get to that, get to the edge. And you need that running back output right now, right now, right now, so that your team can go over the edge and win that championship next year. Those are the situations I'm talking about here. Like we have talked about outside of the show is that might be a spot where I take, I might take Brian Robinson at 111 because I know my feel is right now, if he goes to a spot where he's going to get those touches, I think year one, I think that could really benefit your team. But as I was rambling on about Robinson, we see Christian Watson go at the 202, Sky Moore at the 203. So two of our favorite receivers go off 202, 203. Jacob Sanderson takes Trey McBride at 204. And then Jack takes Kevin Big Dog Harris from South Carolina, who I thought was going to run the 4-4s last week. Came up with a hamstring injury. Still got that explosion and still going to give us some value. And now we're sitting here at the 206. Both of our favorite receivers gone in this range. The first tight end off the board gone. You already took Zamir White. Andy, we're at the 206. Lay it out for me. Okay, so here, here's where, this is where it gets difficult having one of these middle, middle of the pack picks, especially in the second round. Because for me, uh, um, I know it's a one quarterback league. But this is where, personally for me, I am considering potentially taking the first quarterback off the board. I'm not totally sold on it yet. This is where, this is where I personally start to consider. Okay. Do I go for the guy that has the most upside right now, or the guy that's got the most uh, the most juice, right? So you're looking at like Malik Willis probably here, and yeah, I mean between him and a couple of receivers, uh, man, this is where it does get tough. I I really I really thought Kevin Harris gonna follow me, and I wouldn't have to take a pick. So I I am now. I am now flabbergasted right now. I'm hornswoggled. I'm trying to figure out what what I'm going to do right now. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Okay, I think I got a guy on the board that, I, that I'm going to take here. We'll see how this goes. I'm going to go with a personal favorite here. Ooh, no, I'm not. I'm going to go with a different guy. Okay. Oh, he changed it up. He changed. He almost put. I'm, the, I'm back he and forth. Put, I'm, he, til- I'm, I'm tilting. He almost gave the card to Roger Goodell. And he pulled it back. I did. I did. I'm, I'm tilting right now. And I can't help but not tilt. Because this is exactly how... If you're not tilting... If, if you've got a, a, a bona fide strategy coming into every draft, and you're stone cold, and, and 
you know exactly take when you're going to take it. Good for you. I, I just, I'm not that way. I waver. Every pick changes my entire thought on everything every single time. I just. Well, like, I can see a process because you came out with the Zamir White in round one. You're like, all right, I'm going to get my running back next round two. I'm sure you were eyeballing Watson and more. And they've been skyrocketing up these boards draft after draft. And then you're like, all right, Watson and Moore are gone. All right, Kevin Harris is that guy, that running back. I'm going to pair Zamir White with Kevin Harris. Bang, Jack gets him right in front of you. So I, I can tell it definitely makes sense why you'd be wavering. I'm even in a situation where, God, like I really – those are my round two targets is like I really want Watson. So I think now where I'm looking at this is like that 201 spot's really going to be where you want to be because like if you want to get any of these guys, these Watson Moores, I don't think Watson Moore get into round one unless they get some ridiculous NFL draft capital. But it seems to me like if you want these two, you're going to have to really pay up for them. All okay. right, Andy, put the pick yep. in. What is it? Okay. I haven't taken this guy before in other drafts, but I'm taking him now. I think he's at value here. John Mechie, Alabama. Um, I think even though, you know, he's he's also rehabbing the ACL, um, I think he's got a lot of upside. I know the draft Twitter's kind of quieted on him a little bit. Like, I haven't heard a whole lot about him in the last few weeks. But I also think there's not really much to talk about with him since he's not able to perform and actually talk to people because it's rehabbing an AC out there. But I think for now, for like we haven't talked about him at all, at, you know, going off the board with these other receivers. When earlier the other mock we did a couple of weeks back or a week ago or so, he was going super early. I mean, I feel like he was going earlier than than this. I I think this is a a decent spot for him. Um... The the injury definitely derails him a little bit. I think there's a few guys I would have personally taken over him, but from a from a receiver standpoint, I think he has all the intangibles you need uh, in in a receiver two uh, type situation. It's similar value. Like coming into the season, people had Mechie in conversations, obviously over Jamison Williams. But you see where Jamison Williams goes off the board, so I don't hate the pick at all. It's just that maybe maybe I would have. In this situation, maybe I would have went uh, quarterback. Maybe maybe I would have went quarterback uh, or or maybe just a dynamic running back. But, again, it's John Mechie from Alabama. You know what you're getting in this receiver. He has NFL talents and abilities. Um, I, I compared his playing style to, to and people are going to hate this, it's, it's again, because the playing styles are not the player comps. I'm not saying this is his range of outcome. The playing style is like a, like an Antonio Brown uh, with the intangibles in the middle part of the field. So uh, I, I – I don't hate John See, Mechie, but, but you but you mentioned but you mentioned exactly why I went Mechie over the quarterbacks, right? So NFL talent, we think the quarterbacks in this class are going to have NFL talent. We think they are, but nobody's been really sold on who the number one QB is. There's Damn it. a feeling, oh, and and your Damn boy it. gets sniped, Connor, Connor. All right, lay it for me. Last three picks. Let it rip, Andy. Let me let me dig into this okay. now since I got sniped. So 206, I took John Mechie. 207, Matt Dunleavy took James Cook. At the 208, Connor takes Malik Willis and snipes Cody Carpentier. I love I, I love Matt Dunleavy's pick at James Cook because I think at, at this point, if if you're looking for a guy that has the upside of maybe. 70% or 80% of his older brother, Dalvin Cook, then I think I think you feel comfortable taking James Cook here. 
seems like a great a great fit for an offense that's going to need a third down back specifically with some potential to capture the starting role. I mean, I think he'll probably be in the committee and be a third down back primarily, but he's got potential to be a full workhorse back if, if he gets a little bit bigger, I think. All right, so we're sitting here 209. I just got sniped like a mother. And there's two guys I'm looking at on the board right here, one being a receiver, one being a running back. We have them back-to-back in our rankings, and I'm going to go with the guy that's an athlete. Give me the athlete. I don't care about the level of play. FCS football running back, Pierre Strong. Come on down at the 209. I, I hate I hate to be the guy that bursts everyone's bubble about Pierre Strong because everyone – Everyone desperately, desperately wants to find the next, you know, the next guy that was hidden in the rough, right? Everyone wants to be the first one to find the next James Robinson. And the tough part is that it's going to be very, very hard to pick the guy that's going to be that that next James Robinson. And I, I know Pierre Strong is kind of the front runner for that. I know there's a couple of other guys, you know, Julius Chestnut that we... Discovered a couple of weeks back, he's the guy that, that could that could potentially be that James Robinson pick from the FCS level. But I don't know what what made you go Pierre Strong there. Just running back, I, I, David Bell. The next pick off the board is the one that I was looking at. It was between him and Bell. Um, I just I just trust the athlete, right? Um, I, it really hurts. To, Malik Malik really went off the, the pick right in front of me, and and in that tier, what I had left was Bell. I had Malik right in front of him, Strong, and then Ford. And um, I, I just prefer Strong in this situation because some people have pointed to Elijah Mitchell. I don't think he's Elijah Mitchell. I think he's literally James Robinson because of just his ability to be that brick shithouse, whereas Elijah Mitchell, you know, we talked to uh, John Lynch at the NFL Combine, and John Lynch was like, we nicknamed Elijah Mitchell Drano, like Drano, the thing that goes in the drain to clog all the hair and like unclog the hair because Drano goes in every single hole and he, it's got the vision the you, you following me and James Robinson is more of like a brick shit house up the middle running gun one step gone right and that's what I saw to Pierre Strong more than anything the only problem is Pierre Strong a little light 207 um, but I think he's going to come in, he's probably going to play around that that 205 210 range which I think is fine and, and he's not a zero in the passing game 14 20 22 receptions he's not a zero there uh, and, he, and he's just a hyper athlete. Four three. You don't teach that speed. You don't teach ninety fifth percentile speed scores at two hundred five pounds, two hundred ten pounds. And, and I just, I just trust that in round two more so than, you know, I could have went Jerome Ford, a guy that transferred from Alabama. He did great. Obviously, we like Jerome Ford. Damian Pierce is there. Uh, you, you know, there's a, there's a bevy of running backs, but give me the athlete. Why not? I know he's going to go in this range. And so it's like if I if I choose the guy that's going to break out. I think it's going to be a strong rather than a Pierce or a Ford. Okay, so then we had after you, we had the two uh, two ten David Bell. We talked about him. Two eleven, uh, Ahan takes Damian Pierce. Two twelve, Jerome Ford goes off the board, and three oh one, our second quarterback, Desmond Ritter. What do you think about Desmond Ritter going off yep. before? Some of those other Power Five conference quarterbacks, Cody. I think we're going to be shocked where Desmond Ritter goes in the NFL draft. That's what I think. I think um, the conversations we've been having 
um, about Desmond Ritter on, on, on this platform, uh, on the Mind of Mansion, uh, on the AMAs and stuff like that, on, on the future cast. I think uh, we're starting to realize that Ritter might actually be the most pro-ready quarterback on this list. For a while, we were talking Kenny Pickett, uh, potentially being the, the QB1. Uh, Malik Willis, I think, personally, is the overall QB1, and I don't think it's close. Uh, had that stance about a year and a half ago. Went away from it. Should have never wavered. He fixed himself in a year. I think he's a straight cut number one. I think Ritter is making leaps and bounds uh, towards Pickett, and I think it's very, very close right now. And if you want to take in, in a draft Desmond Ritter over Kenny Pickett because of the, the rushing upside, the year one efficiency, the year one output, potential output, and, and just the pure uh, arm talent year one, I think Desmond Ritter is a fine pick, especially here at the 301 with that rushing upside. And then with the next pick, Matt Corral. That that one surprises me right there. Matt Corral going off that 302. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about the Matt Corral pick. There's a lot of buzz last week about his pro day, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Corral in comparison to Ritter? Would you would you rather really have Corral? The, the hard part is that when you're when you're already really good, the only way, the only way to improve is if you really show up and show out, or you meet people's expectations, right? So I think for Desmond Ritter, where the expectations are super low, you know, not a Power Five school, you don't. You don't expect him to be as good of a passer or as good of a runner as he is on paper to see him perform, you know, the senior bowl, to see him absolutely blow the doors off the combine, right? To not shy away from from any of the competition in any position or any spot he's been in so far. That's what's kind of raised his, his stock, right? And for Matt Corral, again, I think as everyone's going to tell you, he's a little too cavalier. He likes to run a lot, or at least he did in college. And to the detriment of others, it seems like he was kind of magnetized to the linebackers. Like he just would run into contact a lot. And at the NFL level, it, you're gonna end up getting hurt, man. And I don't know if they can fix that that mentality that he has of of wanting to rush when things start to break down. That's my only concern with him. That is the concern, I think. I think the arm talent. It's there. I think there's a little uh, accuracy that can improve, but I think what you're talking about right there is that slight of body, that 200, 205 pounds what he comes across as. He looks lighter than that, and the inability to to really uh, be a next-level talent when the play breaks down like a Mahomes, um, you know, Rodgers outside the pocket, do something with it other than just run and run into the back of your own lineman, run into a linebacker. That is really what turned me away and it's exactly what you just said like the reckless abandon of not understanding those certain things like you see it kind of out of a baker baker just kind of does some random shit where he runs into people he, he gets hit and what you see you know torn up knee torn up shoulder continually hurt the accuracy goes down like that is not something i want out of my quarterback and corral's much lighter uh much lighter frame than baker mayfield is so uh, i i won't be drafting any matt corral for that specific reason because i, I just not I have him QB five on my overall list, uh, overall draft grades. It's because of that. Like that's a big leading pr- uh, proponent is that the sleight of frame and just inability to understand different things. And I think it's going to be a big transition from that old miss offense, but keep going in round number three, you're on the clock. I'll let you look at the picks. 
I will break this down. 303, Mike goes Justin Ross, wide receiver from Clemson at 303. Once thought as the top receiver in this class, along with George Pickens. Both guys have fallen. Pickens to the end of round one. Ross to 303. Jacob Sanderson takes Khalil Shakir out of Boise State at the 304. Mentioned this before about Khalil Shakir. This guy has every measurable comparable to Sky Moore. Like, there's not a big difference between these guys from an athletic standpoint, from a college output standpoint. The only difference is I think uh, Sky Moore looks a little more efficient in everything he does. But if you're looking for a value version of Sky Moore, I think you're looking at Khalil Shakir, Golden Tate, Christian Kirk. Golden Tate is Khalil's best comparable and player profiler. His second closest comparable is Christian Kirk. And then on the backside uh, for Sky Moore, it's Christian Kirk is his best comparable. Golden Tate is second closest comparable. So these guys are literally mere images in every set of the word other than what they physically look like. Um, and then 305, Kelvin Austin, one of my favorite players in this draft. He's a little undersized, obviously. Best comparable to Hollywood Brown. But man, the, you can't teach that 4-2-4-3 speed. And the separation that this man makes is second two. Nobody in this draft class. Andy, 306. Obviously, last round we went Zamir White. And then in round two, John Mechie, 306. A lot of guys left on the board. We're starting to get in that sleep around. We got two picks left. We're at the halfway point. What is the move here for Andy at the 306? Yeah. Yeah. I would I would say at this point right now, what's going through my mind are folks that you're willing to take a stand on. Right, these are going to be guys in the third and fourth round that you're going to take a dart throw on some of these dudes. Maybe they, um, you know, you got a, a strong stance on somebody. This is where you're going to take those guys, right, over the dudes that are kind of more proven, I would say. So for for me, I'm actually between three guys right now. One of your favorite dudes from the Senior Bowl. I think this dude is going to come out and have an immediate impact year one. I'm going to take Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert. There you go. I like it. I like it. I like I like Jalen Tolbert a lot. Let me click the resume button. Matt Dunleavy's on the clock. Jalen Tolbert comes out for the 306. Closest comparable to Adam Thielen. It's one of those guys. Um, Dunleavy in the, in, the, in the draft chat says pain times two. Oh, no. I think he sniped Matt Dunleavy. So that's always a good sign. <laughs> that's always a good sign. But Tolbert, again, Tolbert, when we walked at, at the Senior Bowl, he came out and he was the most uh, dominant. Like Christian Watson, obviously, is, is a massive human, and he's just he's just built athletic. The whole thing, the whole nine yards is there. The only difference is he's not like jacked like a DK Metcalf. Tolbert, on the other hand, is like 6'1". He comes out 6'1", 195, and he was yoked from the hip skippity jump and and. He dominated. He dominated. That's why he went back to South Alabama. Obviously, we're talking about 1,400 yards. He dominated week in and week out. And then this next guy at the board, 307, Dunleavy takes Alec Pierce in a similar mold uh, to that Christian Watson. The only difference is this guy is more stiff in the hips. Uh, he's not going to get it done as athletic uh, as Christian Watson. are going to be able to do those things like a Martavis Bryant, like I think a Christian Watson is. Alec Pierce, I think uh, the trash man said it best. He compared him to Alan Lazard. I think Pierce is going to be solid. I think there's a, a lot of buzz. Uh, this is going to be a surprise to some people, but Alec Pierce, I think, is a guy you're going to see go off the board in round two. Round two, and a spot that I wouldn't be surprised is the Chicago Bears in round two. Um, I think it's pukey. Wow. I don't think it's the right thing to do. But that's my mock. That's that's what I have him going. I have Alec Pierce going round two. Just the buzz I've heard, the things I've seen, 
and, and, and all around this whole Alec Pierce thing, which I personally do not quite understand because he's not DK Metcalf. But I don't know. Uh, uh, 307 is value if he gets second-round draft capital in the NFL draft. What do, you, what do you think about Alec Pierce in comparison to some of these other guys I talked about, like Watson and, and Lazard and, and things like that? I think I think Alec Pierce is probably better than than Alan Lazard. He seems to be a better athlete than Alan Lazard is. He'll end up he won't be the focal point of an offense, obviously, right? But if he goes to Chicago, dude, I don't I don't get Chicago's draft strategy. Then I don't I don't understand second round taking a a receiver that could be an outside threat, but like you have Darnell Mooney there already. Like you know that he's he's a good proven outside receiver that could play outside. He could play in the slot. He could play wherever you want to put him at. To put Alec Pierce, Alec Pierce out there too, I mean, it makes like no sense. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. All right, so through through two rounds, I've went Rashad White and Pierre Strong, and here I'm sitting here at the three hundred nine. I got two picks left, and and I'm really in a predicament where. I could go running back again, but I don't want to have a roster full of running backs, obviously. There's one receiver really in this range um, that I'm targeting just because of his versatility. Don't. Um, don't. And I, th- I think I could wait. I think no. I could wait a few a, a few, a few, rounds maybe like in a standard draft. Maybe, maybe wait till round four or five and get a different guy from the FCS level that plays receiver that I love a lot. There's a lot of speed that I think you can garner. Uh, in the fourth and fifth round of these drafts. But in the third round, if my running backs are gone, if I'm sitting here and, and some of the running backs and the quarterbacks are gone, the forward doesn't drop, uh, the 309 range between this this 307 and probably like the 402, 403 is not a range I generally want to be drafting in just because it's kind of a lull spot where you see guys like Zaquandre. You're going to see guys like, uh, you know, this is, this is the range where, People with different values are going to start reaching on guys that make no sense. You'll see a Wandale go off the board. You'll see a Ty Chandler go off the board. You'll see a quarterback that doesn't make any sense go off the board right here. But right here, 309, one of the most, one of the best gadget guys in this draft. Start smiling, oh. Andy. Start smiling, Andy. It's your boy. No. Ruckers. Fuck. Bo. Bo Melton. Three hundred nine. Okay, okay. I did the damn thing. God damn it. Okay. Jeremy with the next pick, he goes Greg Dulcich. So the last three picks after the after the Alec Pierce pick by Matt, by Matt Dunleavy, Connor picks Tyler Algier. I picked Bo Melton, and Jeremy picks Greg Dulcich. Now we're at the three eleven with Ahan, the player profiler intern, analytics intern. Shout out Ahan in the chat. Jay, I'm with you. I'm looking at the chat right now. Jay, I, I, I with you there. It was between Jalen Tolbert and Bo Melton at, at my pick at the 306. Damn it. <sighs> you know I got you, Han. Got the DK mention. Got to. Dynasty wide receiver. I tell you what. Oh, my God. He got sniped for me again. My second guy got sniped. At the 311. Oh, and a Ahan comes in with Tyler Goodson, the running back. I mean, we. I mean, tell him, tell him about, tell, tell him about Tyler Goodson. You're up in, a, you're up in, you know, four or five picks. Tell him about Tyler Goodson because we. This is a guy that we really enjoy here late, especially in best ball. In best ball, you can get this guy in the 18th, 19th round uh, of these drafts. Tell him about Tyler Goodson. 
so Tyler Goodson to me is a guy that I think he's going to end up having a lot of value in your drafts. To me, I feel like he's one of those guys that gets overlooked because he was on a kind of like he was on a very bad offense, right? I mean, his quarterback play was absolutely atrocious at Iowa. They ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, never really threw their running backs ever. I mean, you're talking about Kurt Ferentz, who has to take, you know, a, a midday nap, you know, a nana nap in order to make sure he's not cranky in the afternoon. But they don't they don't modernize their offense ever. So like he's just not he's not gonna see the production that other running backs from Big Ten schools are going to see. So for me, I think Tyler Goodson, he can catch the ball. He's going to get carries. People thought his frame was slight, but like you're talking about a guy that still was able to to have the lion's share of carries for multiple years. And at 190, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. You know, if if he were 190 and he were splitting the battlefield with somebody, I'd say okay, I'm a little concerned about it, but. If you were able to do that against Big Ten competition, I'm really not too worried about him holding up in the NFL. Not at all. I I, I really think Goodson is going to be one of those guys that you're going to get in the late, late part of every draft, and he's just going to pay off because of opportunity. He can catch the ball, 86% college target share, college dominated 30%. He's 21 years old, 5'9", 197. Like, what makes him different than the um, Austin Eckler corollary, the – uh, C.J. Spiller, who is his best comparable. There's a lot of different guys in this whole range. You know, you know, McCaffrey's only 205. Austin Eckler's 199. Aaron Jones is in that 205 area. Like, there's a whole boatload of guys in this range with this athleticism. Even Aaron Jones not on this athleticism uh, level of Tyler Goodson. I think this is just a good dart to throw at the 311. And then we finish out round three. F.F. Uh, Dizzle, Ryan Cummings picks Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pitt he's the next quarterback goes at the board so we saw Malik go in the early second that we saw Ritter go uh in the early third Matt Corral 302 Kenny Pickett QB4 QB4 at the 312 and then Jay Peters comes back with the super freak Valus Jones from Tennessee and draft dynasty takes Isaiah Likely tied in that of Coastal Carolina another guy that's growing and getting a little more buzz uh the last few weeks um, at his pro day, I think there was the Bengals, the Giants, the Colts, I think is what he said for, for tight end coaches were, were, was a couple guys that were there. So in my last mock, I had him going to the Bengals and, and I feel, I feel pretty good about that. I, I think that's a, that's a weird fit, but I think it's, it's one that potentially makes sense at 63 overall, Isaiah likely going to the, to the Cincinnati Bengals. What do you think about that fit? Yeah. The, who did they, who did they just sign? In free agency, to... they got rid of C.J. Uzoma, Ozama, right. or whatever, and then they signed Hayden Hurst to like that's a who it is three three million dollar deal. But I mean, right? I'm not worried about Hayden Hurst. Hurst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not worried about Hayden Hurst. It, him going to the Bengals would be kind of cool. I just think it's. Would you rather <sighs> see him with the Giants or Colts or something? I mean, you'd like to see him. I would have I would have preferred if I'm the Giants I would have, I would prefer to take him or I'd want to take him over the Bengals taking him because to me I feel like you're the Bengals you don't need another receiver you've got potentially three four receivers already that are really good the Giants don't really I mean they got um, what's his bucket the kid from Florida um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now you're talking about Kadarius. 
Kadarius, yeah. So they've got like they got him. Galladay's getting older. He's not going to be on the team for much longer. So if I were them, I would want to take Isaiah Likely because you don't really have a tight end of note anymore on the roster. Why not get Daniel Jones another guy to throw to? I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate that lane spot. I, I think I figured that they would probably go more of, of that blocking inline guy, like a Ruckert or like a Charlie Kohler or something like like. That's what I thought the Giants might go after because uh, they dealt with the whole um, Evan Ingram situation. Um, the new regime has come in. Maybe they go more athletic. You know, like I think Ruckert is the blend between what we saw Rudolph last year with the Giants and what you have in Dawson Knox. Like there's a blend of athleticism there that you see. And the reason I say Dawson Knox is because the Buffalo uh, front office part of them come over to the Giants, obviously. So I think you're going to get a blend. I think you're going to get an up. And, and I guess likely does kind of fit in there, but I, I just he reminds me too much of Evan Ingram. But you are on the clock at the 406. Let me lay out these last three picks. We got Tyler Batty 403. We discussed him earlier. Wandell Robinson 404 to Jacob Sanderson. And then Jack takes a quarterback, Sam Howell, uh, laying the board out here for main man Andy. Andy started out Zamir White round one, John Meshie round two, and Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama in round three. Andy, you're on the clock. Hit the button. Sure, yeah. And I think from right now, what really frustrated me was I was planning on taking Sam Howell right here. So Jack coming out of nowhere, coming over the top. I figured he'd come back to me just because people have gotten lower and lower on him. He keeps getting the Baker Mayfield comps. And with all the garbage going on right now with, um, you know, the Browns and Deshaun Watson and all of that, he's he's getting more and more bad press. And then you compare Sam Howell to Baker Mayfield, and now it's okay. Well, yeah. There's the whole sentiment on him has kind of changed where it used to be very positive and happy about it, Sam Howell. Now it's... Eh, he's kind of okay. So I was really hoping to get him at a value here this late in the draft. Hmm. Come on, man. You you know you want to click a Jalen White Meyer button. <laughs> I wonder if I could run faster than Jalen Weidermeyer. I, I I really do. I, I wonder Bro, if, if I, I give could. you if I give you if I give you two months, <coughs> three months to train for the <coughs> forty yard dash. That's gonna. <laughs> make you a fucking $10 million, you'll probably run faster than Jalen Weidermeyer if I told you you had to do that, wouldn't you? You would You would think maybe if the if the uh, agent was like, hey, man, you run a 4-8, 4-8-0, you're probably going to get drafted in the second round, and you're probably going to get a second contract. You're probably going to get opportunities to get the ball. Or you could just stay home and eat donuts and not run and run a 5-0, probably not get drafted. Wild. Absolutely wild. Okay, I'm going with a guy who has lots and lots and lots and lots of cloudiness and murkiness in his profile, but, but... I think you're going to say upside. Yeah, well, that's some upside. I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say he's, he's full of upside, but I think here's where you're going to take a pick, a swing on people that you're going to take a stand on, and I've, I've had a stand on this guy for a while. Um, real quick... In the chat, Connor, bring up Scholar Thompson. Great call. Phenomenal guy at Kansas State. Loved watching him play. I'm not sure I'm not sure if I take him here because I don't know the sentiment on him around the league. Cody, what have you heard around Skylar Thompson? Have you heard anybody talk about taking him? No, I, I've not heard any high-end Skylar Thompson takes. Um, obviously, I mean, he's not in this upper echelon conversation. 
one good season at Kansas State, really. Um, he did start for a couple of years there, but I mean, what, Nathan Peterman? Like, that's what we got as a close comparable for him. Um, again, you're talking small hands with Kenny Pickett. This guy's coming in with eight and five eighths inch hands, and he's not on the talent level um, of a Kenny Pickett. So. I just I get I get the dual threat ability. I get what he did at Kansas State was impressive, um, and he definitely took a big leap in 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 twenty twenty one. But he's going to be a guy that I'm going to let hit free agency, and then I'm going to listen through camp. I'm going to pay attention to rosters. I'm going to pay attention to press. And if he comes in and he makes a team uh, through camp, and he's the QB three or potentially the QB two, bang, I'm gonna snatch him up. But like, we're not worried about him being a starter, so I'm not gonna waste a pick on him. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my picks on guys that might get opportunities. Like, I'm gonna go after you know a Danny Gray or a or a Pacheco or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's where I'm gonna throw that dart. I'm not gonna throw that dart on a quarterback that I know that I know is not gonna get the opportunity because even Davis Mills came in as as the QB three last year. Um, even Davis Mills came in at the QB three last year, and then it it, it, t- it took a couple of things to go down for him to start. So I was like, if Skylar Thompson happens to be Davis Mills of this class, you'll be able to get him uh, through camp if you pay close enough attention. So I, I do I do appreciate the Skylar Skylar Thompson bit, but it just I I just don't think he's worth a pick. Yeah, one of those guys that you're gonna wait to see. Yeah, so I'm going to take a guy that, like I said, I've been in stand for, uh, like like his film, like his game tape. I thought he got kind of a shaft by Brian Kelly. Fuck you, Brian Kelly. You're a clown. You should never have gotten the job at LSU. Taking Kevin Austin out of Notre Dame. He is, his, his talk about a guy with like all upside and only one year of major production because he was hurt for one other year and then had another year derailed because he smoked weed. Like, just a lot of upside with him with the workout metrics, but still a lot of murkiness. That's what I meant when I when I, when I was talking about him. I got that. I got that. That I mean, this is this is one that, that uh, Silva tweeted out. He said, like, the two main guys on this offense were Kyron, and then you saw Kevin Austin as being the deep threat guy. Obviously averaged 18.5 yards per reception this last year. 48 receptions, 800 yards, pretty impressive. 888 yards, sorry, and seven touchdowns. Very impressive. He comes in with that 4-4-3. All of his ticks on his metrics uh, on player profiler, above that 84th, 85th percentile mark at the speed, 92nd burst, 88th agility, and 97th percentile catch radius. We have him close comparable to Tyrell Williams. It's a great dart to throw here in the fourth round. I can't really argue with that. And then again, the other guy off the board uh, we've discussed a lot is Isaiah Pacheco. This guy... Full of swag, full of energy uh, at the, at the NFL Combine. This guy said, "I bought Lady, Lady, my mom bought Ladanian Tomlinson's cleats when I was a kid, and I wore those, and that is what made me love football and, and and want to be a football player." So, hey, Pacheco, 407 by Matt Dunleavy. Respect that pick uh, a lot. Uh, Connor in the chair in the chat. Fair point, well said. And again, that's not it's not a that's not a determinant at Skylar Thompson. He's just literally just. He's not going to get the draft capital. He's not going to get that. You know, if he gets a second round draft capital, okay, but he's not. So, again, just be smart. It's fantasy. Be smart. You want to you want to throw that dart on Kyron Williams at the four hundred eight. That's what I'm talking about. Throw that dart on Kyron Williams. Throw that dart on Pacheco, Kevin Austin. Throw that dart there, uh, and, and keep that quarterback thing for camp. And pay attention to the lines, uh, uh, the the news items during camp uh, when you want to go get your quarterback or your late round quarterback. Definitely not taking him, though, in, in the fourth or fifth rounds here. 
Kyron Williams, like I said, goes to Connor at the 408. That's the guy I was eyeballing here. I think that would have been a good value at the 4849, 410. So, time for me to scroll, check out the rankings. Andy, do you got any thoughts on Pacheco or Williams? Uh, <clears throat> no, but I want to go back up to the 404. So, at the 404, uh, Jacob took Wandale Robinson. And I think he's a guy that, that I've been getting not higher and higher on, but I've warmed up to the idea of him um, coming into kind of reviewing the overall prospects. I wasn't too high on him, but as I started to watch more of his film and started to learn more about his story, right. Of like uh, playing, wanting to play for Kentucky, want, you know, which is where he's from. He doesn't live too far away. It's been the team that he kind of grew up rooting for. Um, and then kind of bursting onto the scene and being that guy that was basically the entire offense ran through Wandale at Kentucky. Um, I'm not I'm not opposed to taking him in the fourth round. Again, you said it before. It's it's all dart throws this time. Sam Hot throw, Kevin Austin, dart throw, Isaiah Pacheco, swaggy dart throw, Kyra Williams, slow, undersized dart throw. Um, and so at this point, you're just taking you're taking who you can and who you who you've planted your flag on. The the uh, I don't know if someone pointed out in the chat or yeah, Jelani Woods. I would have had Jelani Woods maybe in the fourth round as well, um, given the upside athleticism. I would have picked him. Uh, but yeah, I I've got an idea of who I would go here. There's some guys on the board that I really like still. I'm a fan of a couple of dudes' games. Uh, again this point it's all about where you think the upside lies how folks are going to get it on the field to me the deal the deal breaker for me at this point when you get this far down is have they did did they have special teams work in college and can that special teams work translate adequately to the nfl because you're in the fourth round you're looking for guys that are going to have to get close to the field before getting able to play their the position that they god again this is really tough for me there's like now I found another guy I want. I'm gonna have a lot of these. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have a lot of these fourth and fifth round picks in these rookie drafts. I just love stashing on my taxi squad. Um, I'm not gonna go tight end. That's not fun. But we will discuss the tight end after this draft gets over. I'm gonna go running back. Chat. Who do we think is coming off the board here? Let's Cody. Before you drop this, let's ask the chat. Who do we think Cody's gonna take here, running back off the board? I don't know if anybody will guess this. I'll get. I'll get. I'll give the chat. I'll give the chat thirty seconds, and then I'm. And then I'm going to drop it. I have a couple of guys that I think you may go. I think there's a guy on here that probably is. I think there's two dudes that you could probably go with, since you discredited one guy earlier. I think there are two guys that I think you're looking at here. Ooh, ooh, Jay, Jay, good, Jay, good, good, good guess here. Jay, good guess. Guy from LSU, T- Terry on Davis Price. <laughs> White, no. Ingram, Haskins, Teague, Zaquandre. Well, that's like four darts, man. Come on. Abram, no. Tyrion, good call. Strong. Well, not, I'm not going Carson. Oh. All right. So I will tell you who I was looking at. I was staring directly at Master Teague. I was staring at Sincere McCormick. I was staring at Sincere McCormick. But I'm going to do what I did. Ty Chandler, 438, 40-yard dash. Best comparable to Ty Johnson, 511, 204. He is almost 24 years old. 
But we've seen what he can do. He comes in North Carolina, jumps into that role. He can catch the ball. 1,000 yards on the ground. 600 each of the last two years at Tennessee. Liked him at Tennessee as a Devy guy. Didn't come out last year. Instead, he goes to Carolina. Fills in where Michael Carter left off and Javante Williams, whoever that guy is. And tied Chandler at the 409. Gimme him. Jeremy does the thing. He takes Tyrion Davis-Price from Jay Peters. That's 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 who Jay guessed in the chat. Shout out. Um Snoop released radio says Snoop Snoop Connor. It's another good late dart. There's a lot of good running backs that you can throw late darts on here. Haskins is on the board. Ingram Knight McCormick. Uh, Devonte Price runs that four three eight. I think Master Teague's an interesting one. Um, I mean, there's just a boatload of running backs on here. Is there not like Kennedy Brooks is a guy that like eh, but like eh, right? Uh, but finishing it out, Carson Strong goes to a Han at four eleven, and we got the FF Dizzle Ryan Cummings. Uh, on the clock with the 412 with the last pick and then we will wrap this baby up and discuss a couple guys that we think maybe should have gotten drafted at the 412 ryan cummings comes in final lap of this full round one quarterback rookie mock draft ryan cummings what is the pick let's see who's gonna take there were oh Master Teague. Master Teague comes in with that 440 unofficial 40 yard dash from the Ohio State Pro Day. Ryan Cummings takes Master Teague at the 412. This man was oh perfect. He puts it in the draft chat. Teague looked like a Greek god. Literally verbatim what I was just about to say. Uh Connor, shout out in the chat. He said, gotta drop off. Thank you for drafting with us, Connor. Appreciate you as well. Um, yeah, Jay Peters. He I mean, Master Teague was massive. The other day, let's let's do a, let's do a, a quick review of this draft here on your grid that's showing. Uh, Jay Peters goes Brees Hall Robinson uh, uh, at the 101 spot. You get draft dynasty goes London Watson from the 102 spot. Um, I think one of my favorite drafts here has to be this guy at the at the 109. He took Rashad White, uh, Pierre Strong, uh, Bo Melton, and then finished it up um, with Ty Chandler. That's a, that's a pretty strong uh, draft from the running back position, especially. Um, then he gets that that dart on that Bo Melton, who's basically a running back, anyways. I think that's a very good draft here at the 109. Um, I think the guy at the 106 had a tough draft. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the idiot, the 106. What was he thinking? He's going John John Mechie in the second round. He's got no clue what he's doing. I could, I could not, I could not laugh while I was. I tr- I tried the bit. I tried the bit. I, I could not laugh while I was. Don't let this guy near your near near your your, your holes. Don't let this guy fill your fill your brain <laughs> no. full of bad takes. I'm with no, you. but I have to say, I, no, no, straight 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 bit. Um, I have to say, probably my favorite draft. Um, would be Mike D in that three spot. Uh, he gets Kenneth Walker. Uh, we think is a, is a day one starter at the running back position. Um, Sky Moore, Justin Ross. I think Sky Moore is going to get that second round draft capital. I think Justin Ross is yeah, it's going to stay underrated as long as the medicals come back. And then Tyler Batty in the fourth round at the four hundred three. I think that is a great spot. I think that's literally what we're looking at right here is a a value version of a Michael Carter. Is he as good as Michael Carter? I don't think so, but I think he's in that same that same realm. And I want to throw that dart in in round four. I think that might be probably my not might be probably Tyler Batty in the fourth round is my favorite dart throw. Four hundred three, and I don't even think it's a dart throw. That's the thing is I don't even think that's a dart throw. I think that's a spot where you think I know this guy's going to get opportunities, and I'm I'm going to click that button. So shout out to Mike D uh, in this draft. Uh, I, I liked his team at the 103. Do you have a team that you you kind of like? I like Jacob Sanderson's team as well with Shakir uh, McBride Wilson. 
not as big on Wandale, but Wandale dropped into the fourth rounds of value. Do, do you have any thoughts on any of these teams? Yeah, so I really like Ahan's team a lot. The more I look at Ahan's team, the more I look at it and I think to myself, okay, Jahan Dotson, he's going to be a day. To me, he screams day one starter. You have Damian Pierce in the second round. I know he mentioned that there, there potentially were two people <laughs> uh, that had ownership over that team trying to draft for him. So no clue if he would have taken Damian Pierce there or not. But, I mean, we like Damian Pierce coming into this. He seems like a guy that could be a, a three-down back, right? Catch the ball, rushes really effectively. Um, Tyler Goodson in the third round, like I said, we're really high on him. So I love that pick. And then if Carson Strong, who pre-senior bowl, pre-combine, delivers on the, you know, mountainous yeah. upside of being Josh Allen, right? The next Mountain West quarterback to ascend. Then I think getting him in the fourth round, I mean, give me him over Sam Howe. Give me him over Kenny Pickett. I mean, I, I know it's a ridiculous comp, but... If. If, yeah, exactly, if. But I love that I love that pick if, if you're needing a quarterback late round. Carson Strong, so much upside. All right, so the one guy that I discussed, and, and you can pop down the draft if you want. You can you can unshare. Um, the one guy that I was thinking about at that that four hundred nine spot, aside from Ty Chandler, was I was thinking about going tight end. But again, we're sitting here. We only see McBride, Dulcich, and likely go off the board. And I really just didn't want to click that button. I, I felt this guy was going to fall out of the draft. And if you think about that in rookie drafts, if you're like this guy, I could press this button right now because I think he's a value. Maybe, especially if he's a tight end or quarterback, you just let him waver, let him go through, and let him fall off. Because a lot of times with these tight ends and quarterbacks, they take a little bit of time, especially in the late parts of these rookie drafts. You're thinking drafting a quarterback in round four, like round four, round five, especially like if they're not an outstanding talent, let them go. Charlie Kohler is a guy that you've talked about a couple times. He tested at his pro day the other day, 6'6", 252, breakout age of 20, uh, 28% dominator, 13 yards per reception. He runs a 4.67 at his pro day with a 4.15 shuttle. A 4.15 shuttle is ridiculous, uh, being 252 pounds at 6'6". It's a very good number. And a vertical of 35.5 inches. Charlie Kohler is a guy that's going to move back up. Um, he did not test at the combine. He looked like uh, you know, hot dog shit. And, yeah, he looked like hot dog shit. I was I was not impressed. I was more impressed with Chase Allen uh, on the tape. Actually, still am more impressed with Chase Allen on the tape. But the athleticism, props Charlie Kohler back up. Uh, we did see offensive coordinator Kellen Moore at the Iowa State Pro Day, which tells you one of two things. A, he's not drafting Brock Purdy. B, maybe they draft Brees Hall. Or C, they're definitely going to draft Charlie Kohler. You take that for what you want to take it for. Um, but Charlie Kohler in Dallas, uh-huh. be interesting. Be yeah. interesting. We talked about him before as being a good run blocker, right? I mean, obviously, in line, down the seam, makes some great contested catches. Uh, you know, with him going to Dallas, if he were to go to Dallas, right, do you think... Do you think he sees a lot of action year one? No. No? No. I think what they hope is is they like Dalton Schultz. I think what they would hope is if they bring Charlie Kohler and they would hope 
that uh, Charlie Kohler can learn enough in year one and show enough by the end of the season year one that maybe they could uh, let Dalton Schultz walk next year because giving Dalton Schultz that franchise tag, they don't want to do it again. They don't really have a ton of money to pay him uh, right now up front, and it's a tight end position. I don't really ever want to pay a tight end, uh, especially if it's Schultz who's growing and and potentially going to get receiver-type money, and you're talking. Um, if they can bring in a Kohler who's an athlete and that can pick up on things in in, in a year and a half, and like, you know, half a year to a year. I think that might be a good a good spot uh, for Dynasty, but year one, I just don't see a lot of output, especially early. Okay, yeah, I I get that. You know, taking him a couple years to to break out, right? Is it as we yeah. typically see? All right, so so let's let's finish this off with this right here. Uh, we've been going for about an hour fifteen. Um, we will come back on Wednesday of this next week. We're going to have a special guest uh, from Roster Watch, my man Alex Dunlap. Uh, he's been down there grinding the Texas Longhorns practices, the spring practices. Arch Manning is actually at Texas today, right now as we speak, taking part in their spring practice as a as a as a visitor. Uh, there's a lot going on in Texas right now. The the trash man was over at Texas A&M to watch Spiller and Weidermeyer run in the uh, quicksand at Texas A&M out, out in their pastures and uh, watch those those slow 40-yard dashes. So we will have Alex Dunlap on next Wednesday night um, to discuss some Texas uh, high school football, some Texas Longhorn football, some wide receivers in this 2022 draft class. But today, let's finish it out. And, and let's go get some yard work done because that's what dads do on Saturday mornings. Andy, who's going to be the best value in this entire rookie draft? Entire rookie draft, best value, going to say either Bo Melton or Tyler Goodson. Damn it.